Welcome everyone to episode 3974 of the B-League Pick'em show. Show, I am your host, just some guy banging in 89% of whatever his bets were last week. No big deal, no one's paying attention, no one's watching. We have the glare back again. We have no music. <laughs> we got no nothing. We got no nothing, no, no exploitation here at all. It's been an absolute absolute stinker it's it's fine we've got a guy outside with an angle grinder this could go any which way today uh starting with the glare starting with 89 percent, starting with no music someone got rid of my underdog underdog underlay underneath i can't even tell you that if you wanted to go to underdog fantasy uh and use promo code gf2 for 100 percent matching deposit up for up to 100 bucks or your initial outlay i couldn't even do that because someone got rid of the underlay yeah i can't even do that anymore so it's an underdog fantasy show without an underdog underdog underlay. Underlay. Yeehaw. It doesn't even matter. Look at him go. 89% Yeti. Thanks very much for coming. Jeff, where's Dan's music? Uh, it's it's in the shitter. I'm not going to lie to you. It's, it's hanging out there with everything else. It's, you know, again, the guy that punches out 89% he can't get any music. No promotional tweets from the boss whatsoever. Nothing. No promotional tweets about a guy going 89%. Nothing. No TikToks, no Vines, no tweets, no Instagram posts about a guy going 89% for nothing. I could have gone 110%, nothing. No music, no underdog underway. But just selfless, shameless promotion of a guy telling you to go to the Going For Two Live Discord, which is 100% free. Free, it's free. Get over that Discord. Find me over there at the B-League Says. You can also tag Gladys every Sunday morning at 6 a.m., which is... I think that's mountain time for all your starting six questions because she wants to know. Make sure you make sure you tag her. She loves that. Just tag Gladys. She loves the interaction. As always. Bonjour. I always thought it was one word, but here we are. Very good, Jamie. How you doing? We ranted. We're ranting today, my man. We're ranting today because some of these props today, I am just feeling pretty... It's one of two things. I feel good about them or I feel absolutely disgusted. There is no middle ground on this week's props for some reason. I don't know why. Spelling champ. I am. I am a spelling champ. That goes 89%. Very good. Thanks for coming. Yeah, last week we went pretty good. Like We looked over at... Uh, I think the, the one bet I got wrong last week, of all bets, and I said it to, to Gladys and Kyle as well on our Monday show, I, I'm stunned that I got Demario Davis wrong. I, I am stunned. I, I, am, I, am, I didn't see that coming. So last week, three from two last week in, in the uh, Minnesota, who was it? Who they played? Minnesota New Orleans, and it was Demario Davis. I can't believe I got Demario Davis wrong. Absolutely stunned on that one. Either way. <laughs> Uh, and everything else, we're on for three for three in the afternoon, three for three in the evening. Very good week, and as it were. This week's slate's a bit of a, uh, it's all over the place. You've either got like a, a, a one to two point head start, or you've got a 10 to 15 point head start. That's where we're at at the moment. There's no like middle ground for the morning slate. It's kind of weird to look. Thursday night, obviously, we've got three and a half Cincinnati at Baltimore for a 46 over under. That's an interesting game, like. Baltimore really cocking up to, to Cleveland last week, knowing that Deshaun Watson was hurt during that. That that was there. If they, I mean, that would have been one team. Don't take this the wrong way, Jamie. But without Watson, you kind of have to think that that would have, that would be their season buried. He started he started to look really good as well. It's a shame. Uh, 
Baltimore dropping that one, knowing they had the short turnaround against City, who also that could have been a two games, two game distance, an extra two game distance they put on it. Since he just like lose to Houston or something stupid like that. Unbelievable last week, but that's our Thursday night game, which is interesting as it were. Las Vegas plus 12 at Miami, 46 and a half. There's some interesting props in this one. I'm going to talk about one or two of them later. We'll see how they go. But there's some interesting props in that one. You can have a look at that one. Chicago plus 10 at Detroit with an over-under of 47. That one's wild. Here's another one. New York Giants plus 10 at Washington, 37 and a half with Tommy DeVito starting. And then what well, that's three. Look at that. Vegas plus 12, Chicago plus 10, Giants plus 10. Where are the Giants finding 10 points? Vegas, you can kind of see. Chicago, even to an extent, can get there. But the Giants plus 10, they'll be lucky to get three points. It's wild. Arizona plus four at Houston over under 47 and a half, which is a very intriguing matchup to me. If there were more options, I'd have been on that pretty quick. Pittsburgh at Cleveland over under 36 and a half. Uh, I don't think we could talk about that too much. It looks like Dorian Robertson Thompson starting, and I don't I don't have anything to do. Uh, imagine if the Browns didn't get rid of Dobbs. I I didn't even know he was there, to be honest. I just thought he was at Arizona. Oh no, they traded him right to Arizona the week before the season started. They cut Colt McCoy. Wow, what a year he's had to to have to go from just when you're in Arizona and you're like resort city and you're sitting there thinking, all right, we're good. Off you go to Minnesota for the winter. Ah, oh, they've done him dirty. Either way, uh, we're looking at Tennessee plus six and a half at Jacksonville over under 39. I like that for Tennessee plus six and a half because whatever Jacksonville's been doing lately, it's not great. I know everyone's piling on Trevor Lawrence at the moment, but my God. Chargers minus three at Green Bay. So the only away, I think, unless the Pittsburgh... Let me have a check. Let's see how those Pittsburgh guys have changed. Uh, unless that's the only thing that's changed, it looks like the only away favorite is the Chargers in Green Bay with an over-under 44 and a half the last time I checked. Chargers this week are special. I'm going to talk about a special player in that one too. But for what it's worth, because there are, this was one of the few games this morning that had multiple options because nothing is there. Like, underdog really protecting themselves against the punters because, my God, what a shit show we have. Uh, what have we got here? Even, yeah, even DK's, oh no, here we go. Pittsburgh's still only plus one at Cleveland. So please, someone bet on that. God damn, plus one with a third string quarterback. Feels like a bit of a gimme on that one. Either way, we're going to do Dallas at Carolina. Carolina home favorite, home underdog, not home favorite, home underdog at plus 10 and a half with an OU of 42 and a half, which seems kind of low, but considering they've struggled, they've had their struggles this year as well. Kind of feels crazy. The three picks for the morning that I'm going for in this game seems a little obscure to do this one. Dak Prescott, lower than 269 and a half passing yards. I, he's been on a tear lately. Dak is in superb form. He's, he's got to be the form quarterback of the last month. Forget the win-loss record of what it would be. He's, he's been the man at the moment. It, it looks like he's found... That light bulb switch, it's kind of gone off for him, and he's just starting to loosen up a lot more. He's not thinking so much, and he's letting it rip, which is great. It's almost like pre-broken ankle. That's where he was, because before he broke his ankle, it was against the Giants as well. It was in Dallas. He was going friggin' nuts. So it feels like he's found that, that, that moxie almost to where he's back. He's locked on the lamb, getting those secondary guys going as well, if it's Ferguson or Gallup or Talbot. 
or whoever, the, the Brandon Cooks are starting to wake the fuck up a bit as well, which is wonderful for us as punters. So everything is only really helping him going forward. He's punched over 270 passing yards in four games straight, including 400 on the Giants and 300 in his last three. So he's on fire, but uh, Panthers has managed to frustrate the life out of quarterbacks this year. They're the fourth best passing defense in the NFL. Right, that's that's wild. Like they're one of four teams. Like let's let's go through this. being one of five teams still to be under eighteen hundred passing yards to date, only allowing one hundred ninety yards per game to the quarterback. I'm not saying Dak's going to have a bad game because he's going to play terribly. I'm saying it's going to be a combination of them being a very good pass defense, something that they haven't faced in a while. Even the Eagles, their pass defense has been kind of mid. If you want to have that conversation, we can because they've been average as fuck lately. But we're now talking about a team that's had a bit of an easy run coming up against a team that has got a very good pass defense and it could be a game where they look for other ways to exploit the Carolina Panthers. One of those passes to success for me, passes or paths, both passes to success for me, it's going to be through the run game. And we're going to get back on Tony Pollard this week because we've been avoiding him like the plague because let's face it, the most overhyped player in the NFL this year Kick rocks if you said he was worth a first-round pick. Go fuck yourselves. That's negligent. That's negligent. That's negligent telling people to draft him early first. Late first-round pick. Start up. Go draft him. Yeah, here's a 26-year-old guy that's been the 1B at best. At best. At best. And now, oh, no, he's the man. He's not the man. It's the same shitty team that didn't want him in the first place. He was a fifth-round pick for whatever it was worth. He's just a guy. He's no better than, like, fucking Khalil Herbert. That's, that's what he is to me. He's like Khalil Herbert. That's it. But we're getting on him this week, which is fantastic. Over 61 and a half rushing yards. Everyone is going to look to what Rico Dowdle did last week. And okay, like he had a good game. They played the Giants. The Giants was like garbage. Was, the game was over within the first five minutes when the Giants had to start twice on their one yard line. This game was dead. So to think that Rico Dowdle wouldn't have gone off last week, Kind of mad to, mad, mad to me to think that anyone in Dallas wasn't going to go off. They didn't let their foot off the gas. They smashed the shit out of them. That's just where they were. It is what it is. Pollard Ford, it's worth, still had 15 rush attempts, still punched in 55 yards in a game that was dead. And it doesn't seem like much, but it's just about on par for what his average has been over the last couple of weeks. So over the last three weeks, he's been averaging over 50 that's not too bad. It's a bit of a cute matchup. They've conceded the second most yards on the ground, 118 yards per game. The most touchdowns as well. So if Pollard's touchdown props drop, bump up, you know, feel free to get on. They've conceded 13 this year. Six most attempts this year. They've had 230 uh, rushing attempts on them. That's 25 per week. Pollard's going to see plenty of opportunity against a team that leaks rush yards. So that's not the worst idea. It's going to be brighter days for Pollard coming up ahead. I just don't think that this is a guy that you should have been banking on for your dynasty teams back in August madness madness to think otherwise it's just why are we doing this to ourselves whatever so if i'm on dak saying he's going to go lower pollard going higher i feel like dallas is going to be in control of this game we can also go look at adam adam Thielen. now this is a guy who's had an incredible season for what it's worth but to be fair he's been you know the only bar in town where everyone wants to go and have a drink he's been open the whole time it's going to be a tough one for him and Carolina this week more than anything. And that starts with Bryce Young. He's going to be, I feel bad for him this week because I feel like he's played some decent teams, but they've been able to get to him. This is Dallas. And that that front that front of theirs is just scary. So I think he's going to be in a bit of trouble this week. And the thing that Thielen isn't going to be the domino effect 
having a struggling game. I feel like that's kind of crazy as well. They're stupid good pass rush. That's what they're doing. But their secondary doesn't get the plaudits, I don't think, that they should be getting. They've, they've had a pretty good year. Marquis Bell's come on well. Jaron Curse is still a good player. They've had guys chipping in that have come in and done well. They look they look pretty solid. Uh, and they've done that without Trayvon Diggs. So, you know, they're pretty good. They've faced the third, the third fewest targets this year. Conceded the least amount of receptions at eight, roughly, to, per game to the position. Second fewest yards as well, 108 per game to the position per week. They're not allowing anything. In. And while that is tough, Dylan's form over the last couple of weeks has started to dip. And that's not great either. In the opening six of seven games, he went under 50 yards once, which was un- in week one. So he's been going over 50 yards every week ever since, which is great, up until the last few weeks. Recent weeks, he struggled to punch above 40 r- receiving yards. And that's in positive matchups with Chicago and Indy. So I don't think this quota of 68 and a half is really going to be reflective of what he could be afforded in terms of opportunity. And if they're only allowing eight receptions per game to the position, I don't see how he can get the 70 yards unless he absolutely blows up. There's a trend as old as dirt when it's cold. Smash Henry's lines and stick to it again this week. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's one of those teams that seem to frustrate the life out of out of the Jacks, right? Like, that seems to be what he does. So I feel like this is something that he could be doing well with. Henry's line, I don't think it's too bad as well. It's been such a weird thing to see him split time with uh, Tajay Spears. So I don't think that's ideal, but if you know how to beat a team, why do anything differently? It's just it's crazy to me. Either way, we're going to look at the afternoon games. We can get the Jets plus seven at Buffalo over under forty. I don't know how the I don't know how they got seven. Whatever you know, after you fire your OC and you got something to prove, I just have no idea how that happened. The Seahawks are one of the other teams that are in a way underdog as well. They're at the Rams this week. Going to talk about someone else there a little bit later as well, over under 46, because the evening primetime games hadn't dropped and your boy got left in the dark one more time. So, again, three from three in the afternoon last week between Washington and Seattle. Hal, Gino, Metcalf all did us well. This week we start out west instead. We're going Tampa at San Fran. San Fran, minus 11.5 favorite at home. Why? I'll, I'll take the Bucks 11 and a half. I'll take the Bucks 11 and a half. That's not, that's not the worst thoughts for the Bucks at 11 and a half. Damn. Either way, pick number one, we're going Rashad White, lower than 44 and a half rush yards. Look, we can see it isn't happening on the ground. The guy's a receptions machine. He's third in receptions in the RBs behind Kamara and CMC. So he's in esteemed value, in esteemed state being surrounded by them. That's incredible. If you're the number three receiving back in the NFL behind Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, you're doing really well. Uh, so that's something you look at when those props drop later in the week. However, he's 29th in rush yards this year, 32nd in yards per game at 47, 42nd in yards per attempt at 3.3. And now, and now, sorry, there's a little person walking behind me. Yeah, there we go. For what it's throwing me off. And now he gets the 49ers on the road who have allowed the third fewest rush yards, 62 per game. That's wild. I don't think so. They can be had through the air. Tied for eighth most receptions to running back. Nearly six conceded on average per game. So that's something to look at as well later. Something to note in the week. More when his props drop later. Pick number two. I actually wrote nothing down for this because I don't see why I should because I'm going to lose. So, you know, last week I said I went eight from nine. This is going to be the one that I miss out on. Pick number two. Christian McCaffrey, lower than 74 and a half rush yards. I don't know why. 
that's what I'm going with. It's a tough rushing defense in, in the box. And uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Pick number three, Brandon Ayuk. Higher than 58 and a half receiving yards. It's like Shanahan alternates his game plan every week just to fuck with me. That's what he does. So I hate, I actually hate, I hate betting on, on, on any 49. I've actually stayed away from more 49ers games since maybe week three than I care to admit. I hate it because they're everywhere. If it's not an Ayuk week, it's a Debo week. If it's not him, it's Kittle. It's McCaffrey most weeks. And the week you bet on McCaffrey, he goes under. The week you don't, he goes over. They're a nightmare. Uh, last week, Debo looked good, I thought, in his return. You know, they started to get him going the way he used to get going. Kittle broke out away from one. CMC was dangerous as, all, as always. Couldn't get that touchdown, which was almost negligent. Uh, and I kind of went back to an average 50-yard game. That's kind of what happens with him. Uh, it's a tough matchup versus the Jags last week. Rayshon Jenkins, he's been in a bit, fair bit of form this year. So I like what he's been able to do. It was a decent day. It was streaky at best. It was three for 53 and one. And he gets a tab of 58 and a half. That's interesting too. So for me, you know, and you get, you get Tampa, you know, you know one fewer game considered the fourth most receiving yards, 200 per game on average to the position, something to hang our hats on. But take the past few weeks, have allowed big days to the following people. Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir, Tank Dell, Noah Brown, DJ Moore. So they're letting wide receivers kind of have one on them. They're decent in their own right, but Chase Claypool also had 36 yards on on the Tampa defense. So something to keep note when, it, when you're talking about, oh, no one can, no one cares. It's, going, it's a pretty good matchup. They're letting people concede on them. The run game is hard to, to get on them. They're hard, but... I'm just going back for a rebound week in a big way, I think. I could see him going over 70, 75 yards pretty simply. As as what happened last week, we have a problem with our our evening primetime picks. So our primetime picks was Minnesota plus two at Denver over under 44. Philly plus two and a half at Kansas over under 45 and a half. There were no props that had dropped for them this morning. I had a look, probably around 10.30. Still nothing going on. So what am I going to go with? We're going to go with something else that we have. Devontae Adams, we're going to pick three other props for the week. And I said I'd, I'd give you a nice, easy three to finish the week off with. Devontae Adams, higher than 73 and a half receiving yards. It is hope and prayer time. He, get, he gets to go to Minnesota, Miami. Devontae Adams is at Miami. So, you know, there's that. Look, no one in the right frame of mind should be punching him in cash lineups with DFS. I don't know if Yeti wants to agree with me on that. That terrifies the friggin' life out of me, but... He's found some recent form, albeit against the Jets and the Giants. One thing is for sure, you know, Miami don't really mess about in games that aren't high scoring. I don't remember the last game that Miami played in that was low scoring. So we're, we're looking at a game with a high implied total. They do have Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey that are back. I think that's something to take note of. But he did come up against the tough Jets last week. The, the Jets pass defense has been immaculate all year. Still had a good game last week. So implied total of 46 and a half. You know, it's ninth most receptions, third most of the position. They've, they've been allowing it to happen that way through the air, and that's generally because of how the games have been panning out. So I think it's something he might be force-fed his way into a volume play where he's going to go over. 73 and a half is a lot. It feels like a lot. Miami might be a little bit more of a cushy spot for him to be able to get away with it. Pick number two is going to be Geno Smith going lower than 258 and a half passing yards at the Rams. I feel really weird about this one, but I feel okay as well. I'm not going to tell you it's a trap game for Geno because... For all accounts, as a Seahawk, it, it has been. He's not had the best of time against them. But the reality, well, is he's had one good game against the Rams, one good game, and that was on the road last year. He punched 360 yards and three touchdowns. He lit him up. So we know he can do it. It's just in his other three matchups against the Rams, he's been hammered. 
Two games under 131 two games under 131 passing yards. I didn't stutter. The other one was under 215, four intercepts in four games, sacked nine times in three. By the way, Rams have conceded still the eighth fewest passing yards this year, which is even more impressive knowing that they have had no Jalen Ramsey, no Nick Scott. Their team took a beating on defense this year. They haven't skipped the beat in that regard. So Jerry Smith going lower on the road, 258 and a half passing yards. Pick number three, one of my favorite, I think everyone, everyone's favorite fantasy guy, Austin Eckler, higher than 50 and a half rush yards at Green Bay. Surprise, surprise, the Packers. Ben, don't break run defense. He's bending so much. Not even I'm surprised it hasn't broke yet. They have been atrocious on the ground one more year. Packers can see the eighth most rushing yards this year to running backs, which is incredible considering they've played one less game than four of them ahead, which means other teams have been able to concede more. And while they were on the bye week, they were still that far away that they were just not being able to be caught. That's how bad they've been. Uh, Skirting around 105 yards per game, conceded fifth most rush attempts also with 25 per game. Eckler is on a bit of a down year. He got hurt after the Miami game. Didn't look too great. Charges haven't been great. It's gone belly up. When it's against teams you can attack on the ground, like Miami and Detroit, he's done great. And I think that's that's the truth. Last week, he had 19 rush attempts, which was most of the season. 19 rush attempts for Eckler, which is fantastic. 67 yards, which isn't the most efficient, but still, he got the volume, got the yards we were looking for. Most in week one as well. He's getting the, con- the constant influx of targets too. Eckler on paper is back. It doesn't always feel or look like it, but I think this is the week he's going to show for it too, which is pretty good. Let's recap nice and easy one more time. As always, find us on YouTube, Going For Two Live. Subscribe, hit your alerts, find your favorite show. Discord, it's free. Going For Two Live server, go get us over there. And as always, underdogfantasy.com, promo code GF2 for 100% matching deposit up to 100 bucks. We're going to wrap up our, our nine picks for the week. Starting off in our morning game, we're going to go to Dallas and Carolina. Carolina, heavy home underdogs at 10 and a half. 10 and a half. 42.5 is the over-under Dak. Pick number one, lower than 269.5 passing yards. Pick number two, Tony Pollard, higher than 61.5 rushing yards. Pick number three is going to be Adam Thielen, lower than 68.5 receiving yards. Heading over into the afternoon, we're going into Tampa at San Fran. Tampa, we're given 11.5 head start at San Fran, over-under 41.5. Rashad White going to be lower than 44.5 rush yards. Pick number two, Christian McCaffrey, lower than 74.5 rush yards. And pick number three, Brendan Oil, going higher than 58 and a half receiving yards. There were no afternoon, uh, evening props, primetime props. So we're going to give you three bonus plays to make this week. Pick number one, Devontae Adams, higher than 73 and a half receiving yards. Pick number two, Geno Smith, hot, lower than 258 and a half pass yards. And pick number three, Austin Eckler, higher than 50 and a half rush yards. I hope that was nice and easy for you guys to digest. It's an easy Wednesday. We're lucky we got through with that. We had someone banging the drums. Not quite Shanahan, but... A seven-year-old doesn't really matter either way. We fought through it. What a what a great Wednesday. Until next week, safe bets. Have you funny? Cheers. Goodbye.